The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. News when you need it. Fun when you want it. This is the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad. Coming up to 3.40 on this, the Friday edition of the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Uh, Melissa Etheridge tickets, uh, a couple pair of tube socks, and a gift certificate for the Woodville facility <laughs> located at the used. Millwoods Golf Course, the Clubhouse Restaurant. There you go. Uh, up for grabs this afternoon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What is the most you've ever paid for something? Like, excluding, like, the big purchases, like cars or a house Hmm. I guess a pair of sunglasses, and I'm still regretting yeah. that I did that. I. It's one of those. I'm. I'm quite cheap. I, I'm not cheap when it comes to those around me. I'm cheap when it comes to myself, and that's not meant to be self-serving. I'm just cheap. Like I'm because I lose stuff. I damage yeah. stuff. I. So I don't. But at some point, I talked myself into a really nice pair of sunglasses, and lost them a couple of weeks later. And just yeah. not going to do it again. Yeah, sunglasses are, are the worst for that. Coach bought me a pair yeah. of really nice Maui gym sunglasses for my birthday, and I lost the like they they made it through two trips, and then mm. I've lost them somewhere in the city. So if anyone found a nice pair of blue and brown <laughs> Maui gyms, are mine. Um, but uh, yeah, I think without I bought a coat once, and it was uh, eight hundred dollars. Mm. And I hid it in the back of the closet from my from my first husband. Really? <laughs> and then I'm like, no, no, no. It was part of my clothing deal at the mm-hmm. TV station. Yes. But yeah, I, I hid it. Uh, that was probably the the biggest that I've ever paid. But there's there's a dude. Someone has spent a fortune on a couple of bottles of whiskey. Described as the most expensive whiskey in the world. Uh, these rare bottles uh, were what? Bottled in McCallan? 1926. McAllen yeah. 1926 single malt whiskey. Wow. And apparently um, the single malt whiskey uh, was distilled in Craigalachie. Uh, Moray, I don't know where that is. Uh, Scotland. Okay, aged for 60 years in sherry seasoned mm. oak casks before being bottled in 1986. Um, they had commissioned uh, two influential artists to design the labels for the drink, for the bottles. Um, English pop star Sir Peter Blake, mm-hmm. known for co-creating the uh, album art for the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and Italian painter uh, Valerio Adima, Adama, Adami? I don't know who that is either. Nailed it. Uh, thanks. One of those had to be right. Forty bottles produced all in all. And uh, Blake and uh, Adami received a dozen each, so that took care of 24 of the bottles. And the remainder was given to preferred clients at the time, but there's only apparently two left. But get this. Guess where they were sold? Where? They were sold at a luxury spirits retailer in an international airport. Mm, in Dubai. In Dubai. Yeah. So an international businessman bought both of them at $600,000 U.S. apiece. Wow. That's almost 800000 Canadian. Yeah. A piece. It has to be pretty good. What if you took a drink and you were like, I don't like that. Uh, I find most uh, scotch tastes like jet fuel. 
I'm not a scotch fan. I, mm. I think it's one of those learned things yeah. you have to... Well, you to... don't want to learn on this bottle. Learn on yeah, something no. cheaper. <laughs> Work your way up to that one. The kid brought home some Japanese whiskey-type stuff last time he was home. Hmm. Uh, that got uh, broken out at... Um, Carol's party. Oh, did it? Yep. Did I have something? No, you were gone by then. Oh. But yeah, by, I mean, think, it was about four o'clock in the morning. Um, but yeah, that, uh, I can't imagine having that kind of money. Well, it's not about the whiskey, is it? It's about what I paid for the whiskey. That's what that's about. Do you when think you, so? Well, yeah, I guess you'd you really have to love whiskey to be sure. able to do that. Well, or to, I, to, or to just spend really money. love spending big amounts of money for prestige. I mean, that's the kind of thing where... million and a half for two bottles You drink of one and put the other on a shelf and tell everybody, you know, how much that's worth, you know? Because really, if there was only two bottles and they're now worth Would you drink it? I, what's the point of spending it if you don't? Wow. I guess just to brag about it, right? That's just one of those things. That's that... You have presidents over and tell them, you know... Can you imagine if they had kids and that was the liquor they got into and replaced it with water? <laughs> Can you imagine that? What's that conversation look like? Oh, my Lord. No one's ever done that. Uh, don't even uh, want to put that out there as a suggestion. But since you're talking about international travel, mm-hmm. how about this? Uh, there's a woman named Crystal Tadlock, and she was flying from Paris to Minneapolis on her way to Denver. She's flying with Delta Airlines. This happened uh, last okay, week. Okay, can we just pause here oh, for sure. just a yeah. sec? Yeah. A couple of uh, texts coming in on the most money you've spent. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2012, I bought my farm for nearly $700,000, by far my biggest purchase. But we were talking about kind of like the, the mm-hmm. other things. Listen to this. A $13,000 bar tab one night in Vegas. I've actually, I know at least one other person who spent that range of money on a bar tab in Vegas. Uh, from Barhead. The super rich people make me sick. Mm-hmm. You know, anyway, just a $13,000 on a bar tab? Yeah. Well, actually, you and I have a common associate that did that. Not working for this station, but we know them. Um, yeah, Crystal Tadlock. Oh, right. Crystal Tadlock's flying from Paris to uh, Denver. The plane stops in Minneapolis. So she's on Delta, and before she gets off the plane, um, as the plane's still in air approaching Minneapolis, uh, Delta, because she's up in the first class section, um, gives all of the passengers a bag with a muffin and an apple in it. Just, you know, a little snack for you. Hold you over until we get you uh, down on the ground, no problem. And now she's going through uh, customs in Minneapolis, and her bag is randomly chosen mm. for a search, and they find the apple. And apparently the, um, the uh, CBP officer said to her, oh, you were in Paris. Was your trip expensive? And she went, yes. And he went, well, it just got more expensive. A $500 mm-hmm. fine for mm-hmm. not declaring the fruit. Uh, she You're not allowed to bring any back. You right. sign off on that card. Got to declare it. Um, and in many cases, it's not allowed in, which in this particular case is the case. You can't bring an apple in. So she just said, well, Delta gave it to me. And uh, he was like, it doesn't matter who gave Should've it to you. it on the plane. Yeah, it was in your possession. So a $500 fine. She says she's going to fight it. Delta says we want our passengers to all adhere to the law. So they're taking no responsibility mm-hmm. either, saying, well, you know, that's something that should have been consumed on the plane. And authorities with the C... Uh, the Can- or the, not Canadian, that's uh, Customs and Border Patrol, mm-hmm. CBP. Uh, they're saying, hey, law's the law. 
and it could have been a worse fine. The fine could range up to $1,000 for a first-time offense for non-commercial quantities, which this is, and from there it can go up and up and up. You know, confusion about how much of stuff you can bring in or what you can bring Mm -hmm. in can get a lot of people in a pricey predicament. Yeah, I don't know. Would you... Yeah, don't look at me. I am looking at you. It's fu- well, where, where are you, Andrew? I'm in secondary. I couldn't believe it. That was just dumb on my part. But, you know, I did see on a trip, and I think it might have been a listener trip, so you might have been there as well, but we were in the Edmonton International Airport, and, you know, they got that, that yellow line mm-hmm. that you're supposed to stand mm-hmm. back, right? And, by the way, people, stand back. There's two reasons for it. One is to not clutter up trying to mm-hmm. get to the luggage. The other is uh, Customs likes to run a dog through that uh, little alleyway between the yellow line and the luggage, right? And sometimes it's a drug dog, sometimes it's a money dog, um, it can be a food dog, like they they have different dogs trained to do different things. And I was waiting for my luggage, I'm sure it was on one of the listener trips, and they do a quick swoop through with the dog, and it alerted on mm-hmm. this lady, and and she was like just this nice little old lady. She probably had a ham sandwich in her purse. She had a ham sandwich in her purse, <laughs> and it was in a bag with like she had like no knitting needles, but she did have knitting, mm-hmm. and you know, it was just like grandma issued stuff. And when the dog alerted, I mean, she right away she was like, Oh, that's got to be a mistake. Like, that can't be. She goes, Do you have a sandwich? Do you have a. Mm-hmm. She was like, a sa- Yes, I have a sandwich, and pulled out the ham sandwich. And, and I thought, Oh my goodness, are they going to like tote her off to secondary now, like in handcuffs? They were very kind about it. They said, uh, Okay, take the sandwich and go put it in that garbage dispenser over there. And then they handed her a sheet which describes what you can Uh and cannot do, uh, which I was honestly relieved because it's obviously a mistake. So then when I saw this story, I thought, Really? If it it's depends got, on. It's going to depend on who who's at the end of the the leash, exactly. right? Exactly. I mean, they have such authority at those uh, you know customs and immigration. But this, I've seen the bag. Uh, it, it has a Delta logo on it. It's got a muffin and an apple in the bag. It's a cellophane kind of thing. It's sealed, so she hasn't opened it yet. Um, huh. Obviously, that was something where you thought, well, I've got a layover before my flight to Denver. And maybe I'll have a muffin and an apple. And then, or you could say, should Delta really be handing out, No, you know, without warning passengers? They, they, they need to say, just yeah. so you know. Yeah. It's funny how airlines do sometimes, like, lag behind on information like that. The last couple of flights international coming back into Canada, two different airlines have handed me customs forms, And they don't do them here And anymore. you don't need them in Edmonton. Yeah. And you would think that staff would know that, right? That's a fun little process now. I don't like it. I don't know if anyone else has done it. I know you have, and I have. It takes your picture. (laughs) And listen, I don't know what angle you've got to be at for the camera to actually see your face. But it helps if you could, like, I don't know, hang from the ceiling or something. Because every time, it's it's right on my stomach. Like, it's just... And then you... You tilt it. There's a thing to tilt. Well, there's a thing to reduce the... Or, or widen the screen. I don't know. There's buttons. But you can't be looking. How are you supposed to look at the buttons when you're looking at the camera? It's little, yeah, it's you, you kind of have to press it and then look back at the camera. Well, it's a, it's a group effort. Like, somebody has to be standing beside you pushing the buttons for you. <laughs> Traveling's it's, hard. And it's like, look at the camera. Okay, I'm looking at the camera. Then you're like, well, why am I looking at my stomach, right? And then, <laughs> and, and then it flashes. You have to just move it. I actually got down on my knees <laughs> to try and get my face in front of the damn camera. And then the customs guy comes over like, I'm the idiot, which, okay. <laughs> He's like, it. you can adjust it. And I'm like, well, then say that then. <sighs> say that before you say stare at the camera.
we've talked uh, numerous times on this show about run-in or having a run-in with uh, wildlife. There's a funny story today um, out of Edmonton, actually, mm. and um, the journal's reporting on it. Um, you know, before you tell the story, it reminded me of our conversation. I saw Len Rhodes uh, last night from the yep. Edmonton Eskimos, and he said he was listening in when you and I and Morley were talking about halftime shows. Oh, at, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, he was, was he? <laughs> yeah, he was. And uh, we were just laughing about uh, it. Ah, that's too bad. <laughs> but, you know, we were uh, sort of saying that it's very typically Canadian mm-hmm. to have, like, flying snowmobiles or whatever. This is a typically Canadian slash Edmonton type Situation. So there was a guy, a fella, up uh, Elwood Drive, 91 Street Southwest. He had called, he'd called uh, <clears throat> police because a goose stole his car keys. That's right. A goose got a hold of his car keys somehow. So normally, apparently, fish and wildlife officers would uh, be called out to something like this, but. They couldn't help this fella because they were dealing with a moose. That's right. You were dealing with a moose. A Canada goose stole my car keys, and you that's... Ca- you call for help. <laughs> they can't come because they're dealing with a moose, an errant moose. They got a runaway moose in city lib- within city limits, so that's what they're doing. Uh, where was the... The man initially called police at 1054. Yeah. Uh, 1054. He was in the area of Elwood Drive and 91st Street. Um <laughs> No, no word, by the way, on why, how, there's no background to how the goose came to get the keys or why he was even interested in the keys. I was driving back from uh, Vivo Restaurant the other night and on Lassard Road, so heading west on Lassard, and there was a mom with her two very small children approaching Canada geese. Oh, no. Like they were within a couple of feet of the geese, and I actually wanted to pull over and say, "Oh no, don't, don't, don't do that." She's taking pictures. It was like it was like driving out to Jasper yeah, and seeing yeah. the people, you know, want to go up and pet the uh, pet the the, the elk. elk or something yeah, like yeah. that. But I just thought geese are nasty. They are nasty. Listen to this out of the big blue folder, real quickly. A Michigan high school. Uh, student was the victim of a goose attack at a golf course two weekends ago, and there's photos to prove it. They hiss? Yeah. He's a high school student. He posted the photos of the goose himself attacking uh, fellow players and himself. They were on a golf course. He had just finished teeing off. He was walking down the fairway, and to the left there was a goose nest. Um, They tried to avoid it, but apparently the goose, the guard goose, um, just didn't think they were far enough away. away. And he viciously attacked the golfers. Oh, yeah, and they'll nip at you? Yeah, yeah. They they think they're bigger than they are. Or well, they, they have a pretty good wingspan. Well, I suppose they do. But, I, yeah, geese are quite something. I went for a, a walk the other day on my lunch break. Lunch break. I just went for a walk. And just, lunch break. just down here I on never the, get a lunch break. You're not here in time for lunch. Exactly. On the berm, like just on the other side of the parking lot back here, there was just a goose sitting there. Yeah. I was looking for the other one because, you know, geese mate for life. Well... So usually there's two of them. Yeah, there's always the exception to the rule, though. <laughs> Guy's one. flying his own path. <laughs> Doing my own thing. <laughs> S- sitting by the garbage bins. <laughs> looking for love. Who hasn't done that, as, huh? Yeah, no kidding. As you walk out, hello, ladies. <laughs> the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.